Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 6.30 Chad. Thank you for tuning in tonight. It is 8.06. Inside Sports presented by AMA. Be listening tomorrow as the Oilers host Jay Bomeister and the St. Louis Blues. we got the face-off show at 6. The game will start at 7.30. AMA safety and savings for your family. My name is Reed Wilkins, and I have never been so happy to interview somebody with two black eyes. <laughs> Jelena Mergenovich in studio, very special guest. Jelena, how are you doing? I'm good. I know I look worse than I am, but I, have a, I definitely have a face for radio right now. <laughs> well, you you have the face of a champion. You're all smiles. Uh, first time, third time you've been on the show since I've been hosting. I know you were on before when uh, when Dan was in the host chair, but we, we've only been over the phone before. So thank you so much for, for coming in, and, and congratulations on what happened on Friday. You got the victory over the name you just taught me how to say because I couldn't take it out out of the spelling, Edith Matisse? Matisse, Matisse. Yeah. Matisse, yeah. Darn it! No, you did well. You did well. <laughs> uh, but but you uh, you got your belts back. I did. WBC, I did. WBA. I mean, wow. I mean, this picture from, first of all, do you see this picture from the journal? I look good. I don't know what anybody is saying. Little blood never hurt anybody. <laughs> well, your entire left side of your face is bloodied. And that's, of the two eyes here, that's the the worst one this evening. Yeah, the one with the stitches. Um, I, I definitely suffered a headbutt in the eighth round. And um, anybody who has seen me fight before knows that if I feel or sense my own blood on myself, I get angry. So, you know, she might have not known that, but it definitely triggered something inside of me and put me to war mode. All right, so this was uh, ultimately a decision. It was. It and, was a decision. Uh, 96-93, 96-93, and 97-92. So you had a a decent margin by by the by the end of the 10 rounds, but you knocked her down in the 10th, right? Yeah. So that would have got you an extra point. In the 10th round, it was a 10-8 round. Um, I thought I was going to put her away, but just couldn't finish, finish the job, so... Um, you know, these things happen, I guess. Uh, I love winning fights by knockout. Um, you know, I have a decent knockout ratio percentage win there. But, um, you know, it doesn't happen all the time, and I feel like I did enough to win the fight on Friday. Was this, uh, I mean, the, the quote here, uh, Jason Hills, by the way, who I've known for a long time, used to cover the AJHL yeah. when I did as well, uh, he has in his headline an absolute war. Was this one of the most vicious fights you've ever been involved in? You know, Edith came in phenomenal shape, and which we knew what was going to happen um, from the last fight we had. Um, and and I think if she had not come as strong and as in good of shape as she did, I definitely would have knocked her out earlier. Um, but, you know, this is number one facing number two challenger. So that's what you that's what you get when you put top, two of the top in the world. You, you expect a war, and I wouldn't expect to win any other way. And this was, uh, Edith, you also fought in August, was it? In yes. her home country. Yeah, in, in um, Argentina, yep. All right, so you put your belt on the line in her homeland back in August, and she won, and then uh, she came here and put her belts on the line against you in Edmonton, and you were able to get the victory. Now, do you have to fight a third time, or how well, does this work? So, so what's funny is we went down to Argentina. Um, you know, I was obviously expecting to fight a little bit better, 
things didn't work out my way. I wasn't really myself in Argentina. And unfortunately, we didn't put the rematch clause in the contract. Uh, that was kind of my, my bad, my error when I was reading the contract. Um, and so Mel and Milan Lubavac um, of KO Boxing, they negotiated tirelessly for me to get this rematch and um, you know they were tough negotiators so you know we went back and forth for months and months and I'm sure Mel has had like a mini hernia and and Milan's had a few nervous breakdowns um, but we made the fight happen and and thank goodness we did because um, it was looking pretty um, like dismal at points and I was super depressed throughout this process this has been a six-month process so um you know when the fight finally came through fruition um there was no way i was going to lose this fight and and but during this all this negotiation uh edith's camp took out the re the rematch clause in our contract which we put in no matter what okay so when the champion fights we always put a rematch clause in the contract because that's what you do that's just i think that's naturally what you do when when champions fight and put up their titles and uh they went on and took it out so really um this is up to milan and my my um team there whether we want to give them a rematch, I think. Um, of course, as a fighter, I would fight her any day of the week. I thought um, I thought I was going to knock her out. Next time, I will for sure. Um, so it doesn't matter where the fight is. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's that's uh, Milan and Mel's choice for Is them. this studio big enough for the fight? I mean, just some <laughs> night we could kind of hey, have it right here during Inside Sports. This studio is big enough for me. I don't know if it's big <laughs> enough for her because she runs quite a bit. Oh, my goodness. Wow, interesting stuff. Uh, so you you were the more aggressive fighter then, you feel? Um, I think in the last two fights, I think everybody after seeing all the footage, um, I like to bang. I like to get in wars, hence the, the headbutt and the cut and the blood. Um, she's more of a boxer and holder. So what you do in that case is you get your points, you hold, you let the ref break you up, give you your space, and then you go and you fence again. So, okay. um that's not my style um i really have to be very disciplined to fight that style which i didn't have in the first fight um this fight i definitely took my time and had to check myself a few times and be patient and wait till she came in into my range rather than getting overexcited and over my front foot okay jelena Berjenovic joining us in studio Eight-time world champion in three different weight classes. You were telling yeah. me this one. Have you mostly been a featherweight? Um, in the later part of my career, okay. yes. Yeah. Um, I started my career at uh, lightweight, and then which is 135 pounds for those who don't know. Um, went down to 130 pounds, and then um, I realized I was still a little bit too big or too small for that division, so I dropped down to 126, which is featherweight. Okay. So... When you're when you, you you know you said you felt and you won it on the judges' scorecard, but I mean, look, I'm not a boxing expert, but I know the judging often, you know, things happen. Are, I mean, are you do you feel? Do you actually feel in control, even though you might know you're in control? You know what I mean? Do you, is there that tension that you might leave it up to the judges? And and 
Yes and no. Like in Argentina, yes. Um, in Argentina, I knew I had to knock her out to win. Um, that's notorious um, when you go to Argentina that you have to absolutely dominate the fight, if not knock the opponent out. Um, so I definitely had more urgency there, and I think that's what caused me to not really fight my fight. Um, with the WBC, we have open scoring in between rounds. Uh, in between round four and five and seven and eight. Or, sorry, eight and nine, sorry. Okay. Um, so you get the scores. The corner gets the scores in between those rounds. So they're fully aware of what each judge is scoring the fight. Um, in Argentina, we knew she was winning 4 nothing going into round five. Um, and I hit her with a huge right hand in the fifth round. And from then on, she was on her bicycle. And so there was no chance. You know, I was jumping in. I was just trying to get lucky to score a knockdown. Um, here, I didn't know. I actually didn't know what we were winning going into the, into the later rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew I wanted to knock her out or do major damage because... I'm kind of a jerk like that. <laughs> well, that's. I think that's. You, you shouldn't uh, want to damage somebody if so, you're boxing them. Jelena Brjanovic joining us in studio. So we opened up with the black eyes. By the way, you can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, and you are at Jelena Boxing. Yes. I got a great f- photo of you here in studio. What's the worst injury you've suffered in a fight? Um, I've had uh, 15 stitches in my forehead. You can see it was a fight here. I think it was two or three years ago um, for the WBC featherweight title. Um, I suffered a headbutt in the second round uh, and continued to fight until the end of the sixth. I could not see a flipping thing. <laughs> like, there was a point where the the doctor was looking at me in the corner. She's like, can you see? I'm like, yeah, of course I can see. Let me fight. Like, don't stop this fight because I felt like I was winning the fight. But there was, I could see, like, red hazes. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's gotten blood in their eyes. It's like all you see is, like, glassy everything. And so... I was like, okay, Jelena, every time you get hit, just make sure you hit her back twice as hard and twice as much. So every time I felt like a little ting, I was like, throw punches, throw punches, throw punches. <laughs> so um, that one, I wouldn't say I was hurt physically. I, I mean, I just couldn't see, and I had 15 stitches in my forehead. <laughs> but, um, you know, I feel like I've felt worse in fights. So, I mean, as long as I'm winning, I don't really care. <laughs> Can you stick around till the bottom of the hour? 100%. Yeah. Jelena Mergenovich in studio. The big win on Friday to claim the World Featherweight titles for the WBC and the WBA. She's in studio inside sports on 630 Chad. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. The Oil Kings trying to solidify a playoff spot. No score against the lowly Kootenai Ice. Four minutes left in the second period. Reed Wilkins with you, joined in studio by Jelena Mergenovich on Friday at the Shaw. She won the WBC and WBA featherweight titles, a 10-round unanimous decision. She's an eight-time world champion in three different weight classes. Um, when did you start boxing? Um, I started actually when I was 18. Um, I played basketball at U of A, uh, tore my ACL like very first practice after tryouts and training camp and all the crappy stuff. Um, blew my knee out 
and uh, tricks that was tricks Baker days, and she was awesome. She let me red shirt for the whole year, did my rehab. Went. I started boxing because uh, they medicaled me okay. To, um, well, they didn't actually med- medical me okay to play basketball, but to do other things. So I figured I was watching boxing on TV with my dad, and I was like, oh, you know, these guys, they complain about everything, how much money they make. Like, holy crap, Dad, it's just one hour, one night. Like, a couple million bucks doesn't seem bad to me. My dad's like, it's a lot tougher than it looks, honey. He's like, I bet you couldn't do it. I looked at him, I was like, challenge accepted. I went down to a boxing gym the very next day and absolutely fell in love with sport. Um, I think some people are lucky enough to find out what they're meant to do. I just happen to to be good at punching people in the face. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Okay, so a couple questions out of that. Yep. Um, uh, at 18, is that old? I mean, obviously... Like, you're not going to play in the NHL if you start playing hockey at 18. So were you old to get into into boxing? I think yes and no. Like, uh, you know, that was kind of the time when the Million Dollar Baby movie came out. So there was a lot of younger um, girls getting into the sport. Um, there wasn't a lot of action in Edmonton. I think I had 10 or 13 amateur fights. Uh, went to nationals. Out east there was a lot of fights, a lot of amateur fights. But... Out west, there wasn't a lot of stuff. So, um, you know, we turned pro. I had a hard time getting fights here, just weight class and everything like that. Um, so we turned pro. We uh, we were able to set our fights, make our fights, and made sure we had fights. Because in amateurs, you basically show up. If someone shows up at the same weight, then you get to fight each other. Um, if they don't, or if you guys are off or off categories or something, then unfortunately fights don't happen. So essentially you're practicing all the time mm-hmm. which let's be honest everybody who knows every, every kid who knows it's fun to practice every once in a while with your friends but it's always funner to play games and i wasn't having fun because i wasn't getting to play the games um so we we decided to turn pro and ever since then like uh milan lubavac is my coach and he's been with me since day one of turning pro and I have never looked back, and I have never had so much fun in my entire life. So I, I played every sport. Um, I am an athlete by nature, and this is definitely what I was meant to do, like 100%. So did you, I mean, you you said, I think only half-jokingly, that you, you found out you were, well, obviously not jokingly at all, you were good at punching people in the face. Did you know you had that level of aggression in you though from having played basketball and other stuff i mean were you a feisty aggressive player in those sports i was definitely aggressive but i didn't think i like i did i didn't think i loved the aggression as much as i do like the actual punching part I, of it. and i laugh because if you ask my mother she'd probably be like no she always liked to be like hitting people and this and that um if you ask my sisters definitely my brother 100 percent like but I never thought deep down that I was that aggressive. Um, I just love the nature of the sport, the mental aspect, the physical, the emotional aspect. I think, I think the thing that shocked me the most is how emotional boxing really is. Like physically, everybody the best in the world are all up there. They're all top-notch athletes. Um, you know, um, fights are won and lost. I think in your own head, and I think that's definitely the case in in a in a handful of my losses and the last one being, you know, my last loss being one of the major ones. Um, 
Whereas this fight, my coach didn't let me play mentally because we started fighting in the corner. And, you know, we definitely, he got me distracted from being mentally silly. Now, do you have to work up a hatred for your opponent? No, you know, um, I respected her coming in as the champion. Um, she was actually supposed to come into the ring second as to respect the champion but um as a hometown fighter you know we definitely got uh some of the some of the perks um and i knew she came in tough it's not it's not her fault that she took my titles and i definitely had some animosity towards her but um you know i i can't blame her maybe her team a little bit but definitely not her all right. Uh, can you do a few minutes after the 8.30 news? Because yeah. I want to ask you what's what's coming up next for you, but I don't want to cut you short because we're into the final minute before uh, before the 8.30 news. So in this minute here before we break, who have been either current or past some of your favorite athletes that you enjoyed watching, any sport? Any sport. Well, wow. Any sport, Steve Nash. I went to the same high school as Steve Nash. I definitely respect him as an athlete all around. Uh, great person, great athlete great ambassador of everything sports um my favorite fighter all time roberta duran i've had the pleasure of meeting him he's an amazing man altogether um wow athletes i know i don't get often asked athletes uh boxers definitely um floyd floyd mayweather is a amazing boxer you have to respect his skill and everything like that but um muhammad ali great ambassador for the sport so there's i mean i could go on and on i'm a i'm an athlete myself so i respect definitely a lot um there's a few rugby players given my brother is a rugby player um that i definitely respect but all right Let's do a few minutes after the news because we want to tell people what you're doing next. Jelena yes. Mergenovich in studio, Edmonton's own boxing champ. Megan Mickelson, Living the Dream segment, coming up with her. And we're going to go to Scotland for a few minutes and check in with FC Edmonton coach Colin Miller. That is all still to come on a very busy edition of Inside Sports. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Thanks for tuning in tonight. We're going to spend a few more minutes here with Jelena Mergenovic. She uh, won the World Featherweight WBC and WBA belts on uh, Friday. Edith Matisse? Yes. Yes, I got it second time. Uh, all right. Thanks for sharing all the stories and for coming in, first of all. I'm very curious. So you've trained for months. You win the fight. Like, how do you feel after? Like, do you, like, eat bags of chips? Do you go to sleep right away? Like, what what happens? Hilarious, because actually, um, on Friday night, I couldn't sleep. Just so much adrenaline. You you know, you have your average party where you see all your, fi- finally see all your friends and family and all the people have supported you. Um, you get to kind of, like, take pictures, BS with everybody. And then finally, Friday you know, it was hilarious. My sisters and my friends, they we went through the McDonald's drive-thru. We must have ordered like 30 cheeseburgers. I only ate two, shockingly, because I was on a diet forever. And then, you know, everybody's gone to bed and you're kind of like, okay, well, what now? I can't sleep. So I didn't sleep Friday. Saturday, all day, I was, you know, answering phone calls, texts, whatever. I finally fell asleep. I, I dropped my sister off at the hockey game and passed out at like 9.45, out cold. I woke up at 3 a.m. Like I was like, oh my God, I missed my fight. Holy crap, my coach is gonna kill me. I went to jump out of bed 
And I was so sore. My arms were so sore from throwing so many punches that I was like, oh, yeah, no, I won that fight. <laughs> so it was hilarious. So on Sunday, I didn't have really a lot to eat at home because I had eaten everything in the house, which, you know, Mitch Clark helped me with my diet and, and nutrition and weight cut. And he would hate to hear this now, but I ate like a thing of Pringles, like a bag of nibs, which I bought after the weigh-ins, and like Girl Guide chocolate almonds. Like I ate everything crappy that Friday, like or Monday, sorry, I barely could move because I felt so ill. So well, hey, you deserve to eat whatever ever you wanted. Uh, once terrible. you're once you're done binge eating. Uh, uh, doing interviews. What, what's next? Do you have another opponent lined up? Um, we're not sure yet. Um, we're waiting on on a couple of girls to fight. Um, ideally, I think we would like to challenge the girl at 130 for what's uh, called the diamond belt or like a super champion. So two champions face each other. They don't put really either one of their belts on the line, but they they fight for this like elite belt, I guess you would say, and it's called the diamond belt. So um Hopefully we can make that happen um, if the one girl wins or either one of the girls wins. But um, it's easier to negotiate with one of the girls rather than the other. So if everybody wins, we might be, like, fighting for a new belt. Um, I think there's, in women's boxing in the WBC, there's only three diamond belt champions, I think, in history. So that would be cool to be a fourth. Yeah. But we'll see. Again, you know, we just fought Friday. You know, if a rematch happens or if this diamond belt happens or if we unify another belt, I'm ready for whatever. After after this fight, I felt really I felt really good. I felt like I was back to my old self. So, you know, I'll take anybody. Okay. And, like, I don't expect you to start waving around your pay stubs or anything <laughs> here. But, um, I mean, women's boxing isn't men's boxing or the National Football League. I mean, how do you how do you do it? Are you are you able to get by? Do you have sponsors? How does how does that side uh, of it work for you? You know, it's nowhere near uh, what the men make. Actually, not even I think a tenth of what the men make. But um, you know, I was lucky. Uh, Mark Pavlich with uh, the Mark Consulting and Ken Franchuk, um, and with the firm Sports Management. They took me under their wing. They started managing me, and they got me a bunch of really great sponsors for this fight. You know, we had uh, Pro Star Energy, Crystal Glass, Decor Hotels, Battery World, Sawmill Restaurant. Um, all those people got behind me and supported me. For the first time, actually, in my career, I had sponsors. So um, these guys definitely made it easy to be able to just focus on boxing and and get the job done. I was in Vegas for a month training um, and definitely put my life on hold. You know, I didn't have to, my family wasn't on top of me for getting back to work. And, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate that I had these great people supporting me and sponsoring me through this through this journey um, on winning two more world titles and becoming an eight-time world champion. So I was pretty pumped. Well, well-deserved. Thanks for making time for us, Jelena Marjanovic, uh, Jelena Boxing on Twitter. You got a website? Uh, yeah, uh, www.jelenaboxing.com. There we go. That's easy. Thank you so much for coming in. And, and your black eyes look absolutely wonderful, <laughs> by the way. I, I definitely feel better than I look. It's 8.39. Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, we'll go to Scotland to visit with Colin Miller and live in the dream with Megan Mickelson. All still ahead. 
it's a luxury and it's definitely a blessing to be able to play hockey and get paid to do that. So not many people get that opportunity. Inside Sports presents Living the Dream. Diving right into our weekly feature, Living the Dream, where we feature someone playing hockey in a league other than the National Hockey League. And today we have somebody who is a uh, newly crowned champion in the Canadian Women's Hockey League. I'm pleased to welcome to Inside Sports, Megan Mickelson. Megan, you're on with Reed Wilkins. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm great. First of all, before I forget, Jelena Mergenovich says hi. She was just in studio. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I used, to, I used to train with her a little bit in the summer. Did you ever fight her? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> stay, gotta stay, not, not getting involved in that. Uh, all right, first of all, uh, tell, tell, how was your weekend? How was that for a question? <laughs> oh, it was awesome. We were, uh, we were out in Ottawa for the Clarkson Cup, which is uh, our Stanley Cup, I guess, for our league, the Canadian Women's Hockey League, and uh, it was a great weekend. Um you know, the game was on live on Sportsnet on Sunday, and uh, we came home with a nice big trophy. All right, 8-3, that was the final? Yes, that was the final. Wow, I, you never expect to win a championship game by that much. No, no, and I don't think any of us did either, and I think we kind of surprised ourselves a little bit with, with our play and the way we came out. We really we came out swinging. Um, I guess all year long we've had games where we felt like we haven't really performed uh, to the best of our ability and, and played the way we can as a team. We have 10 national team members on our roster. So uh, if you look at the other teams in the league, there's obviously a lot of good players, but I don't think anyone has the depth that we do. So, um, you know, as surprising as it was for us, I look back and I look at the group that we have and I'm not surprised with, you know, the way that we played. All right. So uh, you're a two-time Olympic gold medalist. Uh, I believe you've played in five world championships. Correct me if I'm wrong here along the way. Yes, and, that's correct. Okay. And now how old is, is your son? My son is five and a half months old now. He was born uh, September 27th. Okay, so born September 27th. So obviously, um, I, I'm gonna, I hope this doesn't sound in, in, in very sexist, but I'm just going to say it bluntly. I'm going to assume being pregnant affected your hockey career. <laughs> slightly yeah i had to take a little bit of time off <laughs> um i actually it was after the the sochi olympics olympics in the summer i um you know i was just kind of my husband and i decided that we wanted to start a family and um so i decided to take a step away for the year and uh, i was coaching actually i was coaching the inferno instead of playing um, so it was a, you know, a, a good change of pace. Uh, I was still around the game a lot. I think it gave me a, a new perspective on things, and actually I think it helped my game a little bit too. So, yeah, I, uh, I took the year away and then uh, pretty much got back as quickly as I possibly could this season. I was back playing by uh, January the 2nd. Okay, now what was it like getting, getting back on the ice? I mean, were you, were you out of shape? Were you... Uh, you know, I don't know, just how different was it for you getting back? Yeah, I mean, it was tough. Uh, obviously, you take that much time off the ice, and anybody that plays hockey, you know that uh, it takes a little bit of time to get back into it. But um, I really, throughout my pregnancy, I put an emphasis on, you know, staying fit and, and healthy. And I was actually in the gym the day that I went into labor. So 
Um, I, I worked out uh, nothing crazy, obviously, throughout my pregnancy, uh, which I think made it a lot easier for coming back. And I had a, a good, healthy and safe uh, labor and delivery. And so I was back in the gym um, about six weeks after I had him. And then I was back on the ice seven weeks after I had him. And I just I really eased into things. I didn't want to I didn't want to push it. Um, that you know your body goes through a lot obviously in a pregnancy and having a child so um, I just I took it slow and we just kind of set some benchmark dates uh, for when I could be back practicing when I would be cleared for full contact uh, and that sort of thing and I'm very lucky that I had a great team around me doctors trainers uh, my family has been absolutely amazing um, you know they've they've all helped so much in getting me back so uh, it was it was a process, but I just took it one day at a time, and luckily things have gone really well. All right, so you won the title with the Inferno. What is uh, what is what is next for you? I mean, you've been a mainstay on on Team Canada. Do you, do you have to you know fight your way back onto the roster? Or how does that work? Yeah, so we had a camp uh, with the national team at the end of January, um, and then they named the roster for the World Championships um, a few weeks ago. Um, so. We got home from Ottawa yesterday, last night, with the trophy, and uh, we were back on the ice at 8 a.m. this morning because we leave on Friday for the World Championships in Kamloops. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're, you're <laughs> quick turnaround. You're, you're 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 incredibly busy. Well, thanks for fitting us in with your hockey career and uh, being a parent and <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. We appreciate that you had time for us uh, on Inside Sports, and uh, you are indeed living the dream, Megan. Congratulations on uh, the championship and and the family and everything else. I hope we can catch up again soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Right on. That is Megan Mickelson checking in today from the Calgary Inferno. And uh, as you heard it, off to play in uh, the world as well. Cool stuff there. Inside Sports presented by AMA. Be listening tomorrow as the Oilers host the St. Louis Blues. Pre-game show at 6, puck drop at 7.30. AMA safety and savings for your family. It's 8.48. We're still not done. We got the Scottish connection here, Kellen. Okay, off to Scotland we go. Uh, the head coach of FC Edmonton is Colin Miller. Colin, thanks for making time for us. How are you doing? Thanks, Reid. I'm doing fine. I'm, I'm over here in Bonnie, Scotland, where it hasn't rained for uh, four or five days, and they'll probably be crying out for rain over the next few days if this continues. But uh, everything's going well. Thank you, and it's great to be back on the show. Now, I think I got you just sh- shortly after a match ended. Tell me how it went today. Yeah, we, we beat Airdrieonians uh, 2-1 tonight. Uh, very good game, very competitive game. Uh, the scoreline probably flattered Airdrie a little bit. I was very, very pleased with the chances that we created, uh, Reed, And uh, two good goals from Darrell Fordyce, who seems to have hit a bit of form here already in pre-season. Uh, but very, very pleased with a lot of aspects of what we're doing uh, here at the moment. And it's an exciting time. Not getting carried away, of course, I never do, but... Um, you know, from what we've come from in terms of the smaller facility in Edmonton to two full-size games in a very short period of time, having travelled that distance, uh, the guys are in a good place and uh, very excited about what we're doing. All right, so you're you're two and zero on the on the Scottish tour so far, correct? What what's up next? Yes, yeah, we uh, we'll train again tomorrow morning. Read it will be more of a recovery type session because the lads are probably a bit tired at this stage of the trip. Uh, so it'll be a, a lighter type of day for the players. Uh, Thursday, we'll get back at it and have a normal uh, training day. 
Uh, Friday we leave very early, about 6.15 in the morning, to drive down to Newcastle in England to play Newcastle United under-21s at their training complex. So that'll be an exciting, that'll probably uh, be our biggest test of the whole trip. Uh, As you can imagine, the English Premiership, uh, you know, under-21 team with probably a sprinkling of uh, reserve players as well. It'll be a really big test for us and, uh, you know, we're the results are, are always important. Nobody wants to, to get beat, for sure, Reid. But if we can continue to see progress and development from all of the players, then uh, we'll be in a good place by the end of this trip. Colin, tell me why you wanted to take the team on, on this tour. What are the advantages to, to going to Scotland and, and, and then playing Newcastle United under-21s as opposed to maybe staying here and, and doing exhibition games against other NASL, NASL teams or other clubs? Yeah, good question, Reid. Uh, I get asked that quite a bit, in all honesty. And, um, you know, I, I, we brought the team back here uh, for a number of reasons. First of all, uh, the culture of the country. And, uh, you know, the country of the United Kingdom, sorry, the culture of the United Kingdom in general is very aggressive. It's a very fast paced uh, way of doing things, uh, which was there for everybody to see, both on, on in Sunday's game and, and, of course, tonight's game. Uh, where the the pace of the game just does not slow down. And if you're taking too many touches on the ball, I can assure you that uh, there'll be a steamroller come into you at some point. So uh, I was I was looking for uh, the culture where players, with the greatest respect, there's not nine, ten pages of hockey in these papers here in the United Kingdom and Scotland. Um, there's uh, nine, ten pages of football. And I wanted the guys to experience that. And uh, tonight there was a little crowd at the game. There was a good atmosphere and, and the players were, were up for the work. So I, I'm looking for these attributes of the speed of play, the aggression and the passion that the Scottish players have played. In. I'm looking for that to rub off on our players. And if we can bring that speed of play and aggression and passion to, to our NASL season starting on, on uh, the 2nd of, of April again down in Oklahoma then we won't be far away, Reid, because you know, that we haven't played against anyone in the NASL that played at the pace of the game that, that was there tonight. How is the team being received there? Is a, is a Canadian club team a bit of a novelty that, that they're touring? Do you think you've been underestimated maybe by your opponents so far? What can you tell me about that? Yeah, a bit of... Well, I wouldn't say we're underestimated because, um, you know, we're playing in a good league, and an established league. People have heard of the NASL, they've heard of the New York Cosmos, Tampa Bay Rowdies, so on and so forth. So I don't think we would have been underestimated. And, of course, um, you know, my reputation back in Scotland was was one that you shall not pass type of thing. And, and uh, you know, it, it's... Uh, We've been very well received, very well received. And, and I've got to say that, you know, the hospitality in, in Scotland is second to none. The, the people are so outgoing and friendly once they see that the logo on, on the players' jerseys and, and, you know, they're walking about the towns here and people are asking them questions about FC Edmonton. So we've been very well received. There's been a, a good media uh, coverage on it. There's another newspaper reporter coming to speak to myself tomorrow and, and uh, we've got the ex-Scottish national team coming to speak to the group tomorrow night. So it's been an exciting trip for us, Reid. Colin, it sounds like a lot of fun. Thanks a lot for the update. I know I'll be talking to soon you and some of your players throughout the spring and summer here too. Really appreciate your time. Yes, anytime. Thank you, Reid. Appreciate the support.
Yeah, right on. That is Colin Miller, head coach of FC Edmonton. Yeah, he described the tour there on there. Pretty cool. And then they'll be back in Edmonton soon. We'll be doing more with FC Edmonton in the weeks and months to come. Of course, your Edmonton Oilers on the ice tomorrow night against the St. Louis Blues. 6 o'clock face-off show, 7.30 for the drop of the puck. Oh, we're going to be watching that Oilers power play. We're going to be watching how the Blues bounce back from losing to Calgary last night. And, of course, Darnell Nurse will be back in the lineup. His suspension is over. Adam Party practice today but uh he's still week to week he's got a hand injury by the way the Toronto Maple Leafs suddenly only two points back of the Oilers in that riveting race to not finish last or maybe to finish last if you're the Leafs uh the Maple Leafs upended the lightning tonight 4-1 the Senators beat the Wild 3-2 in overtime the Panthers over the Canadians 4-1 Philadelphia edging Detroit 4-3 in a shootout. Pittsburgh beat the Islanders 2-1 in overtime. The Capitals over the Canes 2-1. Ovechkin got his 42nd. The Capitals the first team to clinch a playoff spot. After the first period, Boston leads San Jose 2-1. And in the third, L.A. scoring five goals for the second straight night. They lead the Dallas Stars 5-2. In the Western Hockey League, the Oil Kings in tough against the Kootenai Ice who are trying to play spoiler down the stretch here. It is 1-0 Kootenai with 16 minutes left. The Oil Kings have a 37-21 advantage in shots on goal, including 22-7 in the second period, but they have not been able to score. Thanks to everybody who texted in tonight. Thanks to all of you who listened. That was a fun show you heard from Megan the uh, Megan Mickelson, our Living the Dream feature this week. Colin Miller from FC Edmonton. Boxing champ Jelena Mergenovic. Paul Basir from PredictionMachine.com. Take Michigan State in your brackets, everybody. Jordan Rowley from the U of A Golden Bears. Ryan Smith, former Oiler, now with the Stony Plain Eagles. And Drew Remenda, television analyst for Oilers Hockey on Sportsnet. You miss anything, go to the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com. There's audio there, or you can just sign up for the podcast of the show. Is also a good idea. Uh, this producer tonight, the studio producer, is Kellen Kennedy, the producer of the show is Dave Campbell. Stoffer will have Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow as well. Don't forget about that. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for listening. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a wonderful evening. Up in the sky Heaven so close Taking off your clothes Taking off my clothes